The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Jess Kelly, our technology correspondent, is with me now, though, to talk about our digital lives and what happens to them post mortem. Jess. It's After the, we shuffle off this mortal coil. It's not the cheeriest of subjects, but it's something that's been on my mind for the last number of years because very sadly... Well, one you're of, getting older. You're that's get, natural. Thanks, Kieran. You face your mortality at some stage, I guess. Way to put a pep in my step. <laughs> uh, no, but on a serious note, uh, very sadly, one of my friends passed away a number of years ago. And every now and then... Uh, a sort of scam post will appear in my fo- uh, Facebook feed. You know, like uh, dodgy Ray-Ban yeah. companies purporting to be Ray-Ban will appear. And they'll tag the profile of my friend who Ooh. passed away. So it looks like he's being tagged in photographs. And this is something that I think a lot of people have encountered as they lose loved ones. Uh, because a lot of us are living so much of our lives online. We set up these accounts. We don't really think about them. Like, did you ever sh- officially shut down your Bebo profile or your MySpace profile? Never had a MySpace. Oh, did you uh, not? No, but uh, my Bebo is still probably out there to be found. Floating around. And so while this does seem a bit frivolous, it is something that is worth considering, particularly as, you know, Facebook users get older and older and as new platforms come and go. What digital legacy, I suppose, do you want to leave behind if, or not if, but when you pass away? Um, and there's two kind of distinctions here because there are digital assets. So things that you download, uh, digital files that you might have. And then there is your digital presence and that's where social media comes into effect. And the first thing that I mentioned there, the digital assets. So whether that is, you know, the books that you download onto your Kindle, the apps on your phone, uh, movies that you may have downloaded over the years and so on. And we touched upon this briefly last week, but very often in those instances, you're downloading a a license, you're buying a license for one use. So your kids aren't going to get all of your ebooks that you download when you pass away. Uh, they are going to be gone with you. It's the same with, you know, your old uh, iTunes library, any of those type of things that you uh, purchased. It's a license that you've purchased. And so when you go, they go. Mm. That's the end of it. That's interesting because, you know, I imagine and like most people, I imagine myself being remembered as one of the great men of history. And um, <laughs> so humble as well. <laughs> Um, I like to think that people writing biographies of me in in years to come, you know, posthumously might be able to uh, go through my books to try and get a sense of me from what I've read, but it'll all disappear. It'll all disappear, but oh, what God. they will be able to do, do you remember I did this a few years I ago? So I have to buy physical books for all those historians of the future. Yeah, you don't even have to open them, just have them on your shelf okay, so people yeah. think, God, he's so intelligent. Oh, that's, that's but if people want to see how intelligent you think you are, they could just go through your social media. Oh, God. Do you remember I did that to you a few years ago? I do, I certainly do. And we found tweets that you'd posted back in, you know, 2012 and some of them were absolutely horrific. Um, what what you say it was, it was performative intelligence or something like that? Yeah, it was performative intelligence at the time, yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's your digital legacy. But uh, when it comes to your social media platform, so whether that is X, formerly known as Twitter, whether that is your Facebook or your Instagram, these different social media platforms have processes in place to allow you to take steps now while you're alive and kicking. Okay. To sort of execute a digital wish or a digital will, if you want. Okay, uh, before we get to that then, what people should or could be doing, how difficult is it for loved ones, family members to do any of this after you pass away? 
with if you haven't kind of left instructions or done any of the work? This is, there's a bit of work involved and very often it'll uh, require the loved one, the, the family member to get in touch with the social media platforms. Uh, they'll very often have to provide their own ID, a copy of your ID as well as a copy of your death cert to verify that mm. they are an appointed contact and that you have indeed passed away. It's not as straightforward as it could be, I would argue, uh, but some companies have really made it right, enabling those of us who have these social platforms to make uh, actions or take actions now while we're still around uh, and therefore taking some of the burden out of this admin bit when you pass away. It's also worth noting, nobody's saying here that you have to do it, but it's just that if there's, if you're the kind of person who, you know, takes loads of pictures of your kids and puts them up on your Facebook profile and you don't want them to disappear because maybe it's the only digital yeah. copy that you have. I've had emails from people over the years getting in touch with me where they've lost family members and they can't get access to things like their Google Photos, for example. And it can be very distressing and very upsetting because so much of our lives are now lived uh, online and there's such a rich archive of ourselves there. So do take to taking the steps that we're going to outline now could help your family okay. members down the line. So how do you do it? Where do you start? What do you do? Well, for once, uh, Meta, the Facebook and Instagram owner, they're actually best in class at this because you can go into your Facebook, anybody can do it right now, uh, and you can appoint somebody to take on your Facebook account or create a memorialised version of your Facebook account uh, if and when you pass away. So you can go into the top right of your Facebook, click on settings, click on security and nominate a legacy contact so that that person uh, can then take on your profile and either delete your account entirely Mm. Or they can put it up so that it's a remembering or a memorialised profile. Okay. That way then that person has access and the ability to download your entire Facebook archive. That would include your photographs, uh, any comments or content or messages or anything like that that you want to do. Uh, so that is a very straightforward way that you can do it. It applies to um, your Instagram as well. And threads. And threads. Now, you, God, you forget about threads all the same, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I know. That was quick. I'd forgotten about <laughs> uh, When it comes to X. Yes. Uh, now, so it used to be a little bit more straightforward, but now it says here that in the event of the death of an X user, we can work with a person authorised to act on behalf of the estate. But you will need uh, your ID uh, information about the deceased and a copy of the death certificate, as I mentioned ago, a few minutes ago, and that they say that that's there to, I suppose, protect the account of the person. So, so unlike Facebook or Meta, which allows you to nominate someone in advance, mm-hmm. uh, they don't on X. You, they don't you, on you X. can't do anything until you've, uh, like I say, until you've passed away, and then you've got to go through the kind of the traditional process. Yes, exactly it. And it's uh, there's a little bit of admin involved, and it, it can seem a little bit arduous. I don't know that as many people would mm. want necessarily to do that. I think Facebook, for the demographic who would still be quite active on Facebook, the older generations, like my age and, and above, uh, there's probably a lot more content there that is worth getting it, um, getting the information down. Next up, though, is Google. And this is the one that I get asked about most frequently yeah. because anyone who's got an Android account uh, or an Android phone has a Google account. And a lot of people would have Gmail as their main uh, email provider. They also have the uh, Google Photos as well. Now, what Google offers is what's called an inactive account manager service. So you can appoint somebody to be sent an email 
if your account is inactive for a certain period of time. And that email that the uh, that recipient will then receive an, a link with the content defined by the account owner who can then download it. So I could say that I want Kieran Cudahy to be my appointed person. Mm-hmm. And if my account is inactive for three months, I want Kieran to get a copy of whatever's within my Google Drive, okay. my photos or my e- my emails and whatever. So that is a quite quite a straightforward process. It's not a nice thing, I suppose, to contemplate and to consider to sit down going, geez, who do I want my contact to be? I do think having this system in place is probably safer than what I've heard some people doing, which is keeping track of email addresses and passwords on a pad of paper or stuck to the fridge. So if and when they pass away, then a friend can just go and get that piece of paper. Mm. I would also take some time to just go through your digital accounts, regardless of the status of your health or what age you are, go through and put a bit of manners on your digital life. Um, If you are inactive on any of these platforms, do they all have a cutoff where they'll eventually shut down your account? If you're not on Facebook for five years, will they just kind of make the account dormant or will it still be there? It depends. Uh, It varies from platform to platform. What we saw actually just a few months ago is that Google started to delete Gmail accounts that hadn't been active in a certain period of time. I think when there's such an emphasis on the impact of data centres and demand on cloud services and all the rest, we will get to that stage. But for the moment, that's not the case. As I said, it's not the biggest deal in the world if your account does just go dormant. Eventually, I assume it will be deleted. But it's more for keeping hold of memories and photographs, particularly when we're not storing them in photo albums, that they are all just going to the cloud, ensuring that family members and loved ones can get access to them with your approval uh, and making that decision before it's too late. So Meta and Google, the big ones you can plan in advance. X, there's nothing really you can do until uh, after the fact. And Paddy says what's really terrible is when people blandly wish happy birthday on Facebook to somebody who's dead for years. I always wonder, should I say something? It's incredibly awkward. And now Facebook you has... just say they're dead, Pat. They're dead. That's not great either, though. Yeah, but I don't think the person will be too insulted. They're not around to see it. No, but I do genuinely do think that this can be a bit of an upsetting thing for friends and family. What I would do is message that person privately being, listen, he's no longer with us. Maybe you should know that. It also highlights the insincerity of Facebook posts, I think, as well. Uh, But I do think Facebook has taken steps so that when a deceased person, if the profile has been moved to a memorialised account, it no longer appears on the side of your feed on their birthday. Okay. So you don't get those pop-up reminders. So they are taking steps to be a bit more sensitive, uh, but I do think more could be done across the board just to protect uh, people's sensitivities on these platforms. Good advice as always. Uh, Jess Kelly, our technology correspondent. Jess, thank you very, very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.